Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Romans chapter, chapter 4. Thank you, Frankie. Romans chapter 4. Just for about 20 minutes here, I want to exhort you on some things. I always get happy when the gift of a teacher operates. A lot of people don't understand how it operates. A teacher, the fivefold ministry gift, says in Ephesians chapter 4, to some he gave apostles, to some prophets, to some evangelists, to some pastors and teachers. Now I can study to preach the message. Much of that I'm teaching on Sunday morning comes from my study of the subject of redemption. How many came Wednesday night? Good example. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me. Wednesday night, I got up without studying and taught revelation from the Word of God on the subject of keeping it simple. Now, if you noticed, a lot of what I taught, if you could have been, how can I say this? If you could have been in me, in my spirit and mind, much of what I taught, I taught without my mind being engaged. You say, what do you mean without your mind being engaged? Well, it came directly out of my spirit. I really did not think it out, really did not study it out, really did not plan to say the things I uh, uh, said. It came by what I call revelation, not by study. Now, that's, that's the gift of a teacher in operation. In what I'm fixing to hit on a couple of points of tonight, into Romans chapter 5, parts of Romans chapter 4, several years ago, the Lord gave me that by inspiration. When I say inspiration, I say he gave it to me through the gift of a teacher. I begin to teach, then I begin to study it. After I taught on it, begin to study, begin to look at it further in depth. That's one good thing about being a teacher is that you can get something from the Lord like that and then God will give it to you. Then you go back and study it and I guarantee you there's so many facets to it. You see so much in it, you can stay on one subject for a month. Preach every day for a month, stay on one subject. So this subject here, now notice there in, in Romans chapter 4, let's let's... Ooh, it's hard, boy, because there's so much in this chapter. Let's go all the way up. Let's go all the way up to verse 17, and I'll try to keep it simple. Amen? It says in verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Speaking of Abraham, before him whom he believed, even God, who, number one, quickeneth the dead, makes alive the dead, and calleth those things that be not as though they were. Now notice what it says. This is actually speaking of what we call the God kind of faith. The way God speaks, divine language. God calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, a lot of people get this confused and do just the opposite. They call the things that are as though they're not. Well, I'm not sick, or I'm not broke, or I'm not depressed. No, no, don't say that. Do just the opposite. Call that thing that be not as though it is. Thank God I'm healed. Thank God I'm prosperous. Now, we've, we've fought this battle for many years around here, and that is the argument of truthfulness. Yeah, but pastor, if I go around telling people I'm healed and I got fever in my body and I'm blowing my nose on a handkerchief and, and taking cold medicine, that's just, that's just a flat-out lie. No, it's not. This is one thing that you must settle in your spirit about faith. Faith is making the decision not to live with what's going on in the factual realm. But living in the realm of the truth, we've said it a thousand times and we'll say it 10,000 more times before Jesus come back, comes back. No, no, the fact may be you are. But the truth 
is. The fact may be you are, but the truth is, fact may be you're, you're sick in your body. The truth is by his stripes you're healed. Fact may be you're having trouble financially. Truth is, my God shall supply all of your need according to his truth. So you've got to make that decision. When you do that, then the God kind of faith that operates through you calls those things that be not as though it were. So you look at a piece of land, you say, see that building? See those crowds coming? You look back in the sound booth, see us on the internet, which we're fixing to make our last purchase to be able to live stream on the internet. Isn't that good? Anybody excited about that? We're going to do that here in the next few weeks. You call those things that be not as though they were. The God kind of faith. Now, notice that, because I don't want to get banned. If I got hung up on that, we'd be there all night. It says, verse 18, speaking of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, everybody say weak in faith. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was yet about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So circumstances said no, but God said yes. Oh, you missed a good opportunity to say. Circumstances said no, but God said yes. Doctors say sick, God says healed. Banker says broke, God says prosperous. Come on, church. Psychiatrist says depressed, God says the joy of the Lord. Now, that was what is that exactly what was happening to Abraham. Circumstances saying it's not going to happen. You're not going to be the father of many nations. You're not going to have a seed upon this planet, but God said he would. So, I like in verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So unbelief will cause you to what? Stagger. Many people lose it spiritually because they start staggering. Staggering also always precedes falling. Amen. So he staggered not at what? Not at what his body was doing. Not at what Sarah's body was doing. Not at what everybody was saying. No, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now notice that. Giving glory to God. He was doing what? He was outwardly expressing what God had said to him was real. I looked over Pastor Leah's notes, uh, what she taught the women the other night. She's a good teacher, isn't she? So a lot of what she was teaching on the other night about having an expression of faith. See, that's the number one thing that the enemy wants to do is to suppress glory when it comes to the kingdom of God and to believers. Listen. Church services, the move of God, ought to be the most radical place on the planet. People ought to be shouting, dancing, running, glorifying God. There is so much suppressed glory in the church that if we could ever uncork the glory of the church, the glory of God would be unbearable. Amen. Now notice, this is back in the old, under the old covenant, giving glory to God. What was he doing? He was giving glory to God. What was exactly he would do? He was probably dancing, jumping, shouting, singing, running. He was given an outward expression to an inward reality. He was giving his glory. Let me do that. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Go over to Psalms. This is an unusual scripture. Go over to Psalms. Let me find it real quick. I was just studying it. Go over to Psalms. 
Psalms 49. This is a strange scripture. This is speaking of the rich. People who trust in their riches, their money. Now listen to this. Verse 13 says, This their way is folly. Yet, there are, yet their prosperity approve their saints. This is saying, of the rich, they have so much money that people believe anything they say. They have so much money that, you know, I, I must be right. Look at what I've got. I must be right. I've got my own jet. I must be right. I've got millions of dollars. I must be Did you know there are a lot of people got a lot of stuff that ain't right? Now, this is exactly what the Scripture is saying there. That's what verse 13 is saying. Then it says in verse 14, Like sheep they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed upon them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. Oh, I don't want to get into that, but it's, it's pretty powerful. And their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. Be not thou afraid when one is made rich. When the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. For his glory shall not descend after him. Now do you see that? That is speaking of the glory of the individual, not the glory of God, not the cloud that comes into the building, not the running, the shouting, the dancing, not all that. He's talking about that which is in a man that a man will work his life for and give his life to, to produce wealth and riches, the outward manifestation of all that he's educated himself to do and all he's worked for. That is that man's glory. And God says, it doesn't mean nothing. It will not go down into the grave with him. But a man's wealth is the glory of what he has produced. Now, back to Romans chapter 4. It says that Abraham glorified God. Now, we know that he was rich. Amen. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well, he's one of these guys that was rich, that had a lot. So what must have he been doing? He must have been giving away. His finances, blessing people, helping people, praising God, worshiping God. And you know what else he's doing? He's going around like this. He's saying, my name is Abraham. God changed my name. I used to be called chief shepherd. Now, just call me father of many nations. See those stars? Everybody looks at the stars. See, only Abraham saw the stars the way Abraham saw them. Other people look up, they only saw stars. Abraham looked up, he saw nations. He's kicking through the sand in the daytime. See this dust? Everybody else just saw dust. Abraham saw nations. So shall thy seed be, as innumerable as the stars. And could you imagine as he walked along telling people, my name is Abraham. See those stars? My name is Abraham. See that dust? My name is Abraham. See those stars? My name is Abraham. See that dust? My name is Abraham. See those stars? What, how long do you think it took him to say that during a day that he just stopped and began to shout and joy and glorify and magnify and thank God? 
He didn't stick his hands in his pocket going, I want it hasn't happened yet. I don't know when it's going to happen. I'm, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. Yeah, I'm believing God. You're not getting nothing like that. You'll never. For 25 years, he had been glorifying what God had said by giving an outward expression of everything that he had to the Lord. Now, notice what happened. Notice what happened. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. When you glorify God, you accelerate the per persuasion process. Some of you have not received yet that what you're believing God for in your business, in your finances, in your health, in all areas of your life. You've not received it yet because you are not yet fully persuaded. But every time you start meditating on the Word of God and you start thinking about the promises of God and you start allowing those promises to go from your carnal mind to your recreated spirit, and your spirit man starts getting excited. Has your spirit man ever started getting excited? Amen. I mean, it starts getting excited. You start contemplating, which is expectation. Your hope catches a gear. You begin to see yourself with the end result. You begin to see yourself healed, see yourself blessed, see your business on another level, see peace in your marriage, whatever you're believing. You begin to see it. Now, you've got a choice whether to give expression to that or to suppress that. Now, the more you give expression to it, the more you accelerate the process. The more you suppress it, the longer it draws out. Now, notice, notice. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Therefore, it was imputed unto him for righteousness, or right standing with God. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, keep your finger there just for a moment. Flip over to Romans. Well, it's in Romans 6. Look at Romans 6, verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity or the weakness of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye, thee, had ye then in the things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, you become servants to God. Ye have fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Then we know the next scripture, what's part of the Roman road. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, you know what he's saying. You used to yield your members to the lust of of iniquity in your spirit, man. Some more, others less. Some more, others less. You still have willpower. But if you ever noticed 
the more you yielded yourself, especially to anything that would intoxicate the flesh and stimulate the mind. The more you yielded to it, the more it took you over. And if you yielded to it enough, you became a slave of it. They use the word addicted or whatever. No, you became a slave. You became a slave. You served it. Now, the Bible says, Paul writing to the church at Rome, as you used to do that, which produced fruit unto death, the more you did it, the deader you got. What is the word death? We're teaching redemption on Sundays. The word death means separation. The more you involved in sin, the more it separates you. Relationships, separated. Money, separated. Health, separated. Mind, separated. Death reigns. Why? Yielded members. Yielded members. What are your members? Your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your nose, your hands, your feet. You yield your members. Now, you notice, I think it's funny. They showed, uh, who was the guy? Man, let me think of his name. Because it showed a little documentary. I think he died or something. They showed a little. Don Cornelius. How many know who Don Cornelius? Soul train. So it showed, you know, his first, his first uh, television shows were in black and white. And then it went, I don't know, I think he went, what, 29 years or some phenomenal amount. of But it showed the dancing on Soul Train, yielding their members. And so when they first started dancing, even, even for the black folks, it was kind of suppressed. You know, they had the rhythm. But then it showed as they went, you know, the, 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 the influence of rock, and then the disco, and then and the rap, and, and then it showed, it got to a point that, that they lost control. They're just going crazy. Amen. And it's like that with every genre of sin you may look into. They get to the point where that's all they can do with their flesh and they can't do no more. And they've totally yielded themselves, servants to uncleanness, amen, and became the slave of that. Then you go to a church. You take somebody from soul trained and you bring them into church. You get them saved, washed in the blood, and you sit them down and you tell them, Shh. Don't you, don't, it's all over. Don't you shout. Don't you jump. Don't you run. Don't you dance. Don't you, now that you've got something holy on the inside, then sit there quietly. Like one preacher says, sit there quietly while we ring a bell, light a candle, and wave a feather. <laughs> when just the opposite is true of what the word of God teaches it says as you used to yield your members as servants to uncleanness even so now so it says you used to be a sinner that would run to a party jump and dance and do all now why are you suppressing your glory for your father Abraham, who's not your savior, but he is the father of faith, he glorified God even in his old age when his body was dead and his wife's body was dead and he glorified God and the next year his wife gave birth to a child. So he became 
by his glorying in what God had said, he became fully persuaded of what God had promised that he was also able to perform. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what it says. I don't want to misquote it. We have peace with God through our Lord, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand, everybody say stand, and rejoice. We heard it the other day. We were coming back from somewhere listening to the tape uh, uh, by Brother Hagen on the, uh, uh, the lady that had gotten the smallpox, the missionary. And had prayed and prayed and prayed. She was in a hospital ward in, I think it was Johannesburg, South Africa, in which they had isolated a bunch of people that had the smallpox. This was before the smallpox vaccination. This was back in the first part of the 20th century. So she had prayed and she had prayed. And she knew God and she knew about healing and she would prayed. So she asked the Lord, she said, what is the deal here? I have prayed and I have believed God and I am not, I'm getting worse. And if I, something doesn't happen, I'm going to die. And the Lord gave her a vision. Remember the old-timey balance scales? You got, a, you got a kind of a deal down the middle and a deal on one side here. And, you balance. and, and he, she said in the spirit she saw the scale. And on one side was prayer, and it was weighed way down over here. And the other side said praise, and it was way up here. And the Lord says, now when your praise is equal with your prayer, you'll be healed. So she said, I stopped praying. She said, I just started praising. She said under her breath, she'd start praising and worshiping God. Start praying. Next thing you know, after two days, the whole hospital could hear praising and worshiping God. Praising and worshiping God. Next thing you know, every one of those pox disappeared off of her body. She was totally healed. And actually, they say there were 15 or 20 other people that kind of caught on to what she was doing and started praising God and worshiping God and came right out of that hospital also. He told the story of a farmer that got sick. Family was faith people, believed God. He was sick and dying in his bed. And so it was the spring of the year. His father-in-law was out plowing the field. His wife was down at the barn. He said he didn't even have enough strength to get up out of bed. He prayed and he said, God, if you'll give me the strength, I'll go to that clump of trees over there and I will either live or die praising you in those trees. And he said he crawled, almost crawled. He said by the time he got there, it took him 45 minutes to get his breath back to where he could praise. He said, I started praising and started praising. He said at first it was a whisper. He said, I was so weak. It was just a prayer. He said after that, he said it got louder and louder. He said after 30 minutes of praising God, I was standing up, up, upright on my feet, totally healed, and they could hear me praising God two miles away. You know what he was doing? The word that was in him needed to be expressed in him and through him. How does that happen? By your praise, by your worship, by glorifying God. That's why it says here, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we what? Stand and rejoice in hope. Standing and rejoicing feeds your hope. Hope is the substance, excuse me, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is the anchor of the soul. The enemy is not near as much after your faith as he is after your hope. Hope being the anchor of the soul, if he cuts the cord of your hope, then you drift out into unbelief. Hope is the anchor of the mind, the way you think. Of the emotions, the way you feel. 
of your decisions or your choice or your willpower. So if he cuts the cord of your hope and you drift out into unbelief, you think wrong, you feel wrong, and you make the wrong decisions. Now, if you think wrong and you feel wrong and you make the wrong decisions, you're going to live in this factual realm your whole life. And it's going to be miserable. Miserable. Sure, there are times when you feel like giving up. Sure, there are times when you feel like quitting. But don't let your feelings tell you what you are going to or are not going to do. Sure, there are times when you have thoughts in your mind. This isn't working. Sure, there are times when there's all kinds of things that happen when it comes to your decisions. But if you'll make a decision, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to magnify His name. Take every opportunity to praise Him. Take every opportunity corporately to rejoice and to praise and to glorify God. Then when you get off by yourself, worship and praise and magnify and glorify God. Do it at your home. Do it there at your office. Do it wherever you're at. Do it and do it and do it over and over. You'll feed that expectancy. Your hope or your dream will grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger and then God will add the word to your expectancy. And faith will become the what? Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not. You go around telling people, I'm healed. They say, you're crazy. No, no, I'm not crazy. I'm healed. I'm blessed. No, you don't look like you've got it. No, no, I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. You no longer, uh, uh, I don't know if I'll do that or not. It takes you from believing to knowing. Many of us only leave in the believing side of the gospel when God wants you to know that you're healed, know that you're saved, know that you're blessed. He wants you to know it. Because faith empowers you to know. Now listen to this. Faith empowers you to know which by all rights in the natural you should only believe. Now let me say that again. Faith empowers you to know which you should by natural laws and natural rights only believe. Amen. We give the illustration, how many believe I'm here? You know, everybody gets caught in that. Oh, we believe you're... No, no, you know I'm here. You can contact me with your senses. You can contact me with your senses. You don't believe I'm here. You know I'm here. You don't believe I'm holding a microphone. You know I'm holding a microphone. You don't believe I'm wearing blue shoes. You know I'm wearing blue shoes. Well, what, in the, what if you could know but not contact something with your sense realm? If you couldn't see it, but you knew it. If you couldn't hear it, but you knew it. If you couldn't feel it, but you knew it. If you couldn't taste it, but you knew it. You couldn't hear it, but you knew it. Now let me help you. You ready? Ready to shout? How many know you're saved? No, I'm not talking about believe you're saved. How many know you're saved? You see what I'm saying? How many know there's a heaven? Have you got a postcard from there? Travel brochure? So I believe there's a heaven. You know, anytime somebody says that, you can hear that unbelief. I believe there's a heaven. Are you saved? I believe I am. I always pray with them to get saved. You ever notice that? Are you saved? Well, I believe I am. There's always that hint of unbelief. But you look at somebody and say, are you saved? Yeah, I know I'm saved. Oh, you know you're saved? Do you feel saved? Has nothing to do with it. Do you look saved? Has nothing to do with it. Do you sound saved? Has nothing to do with it. I know I'm saved. I know I'm healed. 
I know I'm blessed. God wants to take you from that level. Most of the Christian world only believes. When God wants you to what? To know it. He wants you to, by faith, know it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lift your hands and thank God for a moment. Father, <coughs> excuse me. Lord, we bless you tonight. We glorify and exalt you. We magnify your name. You said, Lord, in your word, the woman that was healed, that had that issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, she came, fell down before him, knowing what was done in her. Father, I thank you that we can know we're saved. We can know we're healed. We can know we're blessed. We can know, Lord, that joy is our strength. We can know that you're working in our lives. That we can know it in every area, at every level, Lord God. We thank you for it. We thank you that we know it, Lord. We thank you that we know, Lord, we're going to be able to affect the world even more than we are through missions work. We know you're giving us land. We know you're giving us a building. We know that our Bible schools are going to expand. We know people are going to leave this church and go to the nations of the world and preach the gospel. We know our businesses will prosper. We know our, our folks in the workplace will be blessed and promoted and given jobs and raises in a higher level than ever before. We know that the favor of God is upon us. We know that faith works. We know that the Holy Ghost empowers. We know that the name of Jesus is a name above every name. We know it, Lord. We know it, Lord. We know it, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that we can glorify it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Now just take a moment. Go ahead and stand on your feet. Take a moment and just glorify the Lord. Take a moment and just glorify God. Take a moment and just exalt His holy name. Take a moment and just bless Him. Just bless His name. Father, we glorify You. Father, we exalt You. Father, we magnify Your name. Hallelujah. Well, give Him a shout. Give Him a shout of victory. Hallelujah. We glorify You, Lord. We magnify Your name. Glory to Your name. Glory to Your name. Glory to Your name. Glory to Your name. Now, isn't it amazing? That scripture we read in Psalms 59, that you could build a solid gold 100-story building, and it doesn't even impress God at all. It doesn't impress God whatsoever. You can have every kind of diamond, jet airplane, the most expensive. That, has, that doesn't even impress God at all. What impresses God is His people that make a decision to take Him at His word, and instead of just believing what God says, they know what God says is true. They know it. Even though circumstances may say, no, it's not true. You say, no, that's just the facts. That's just the facts. They're subject to change. I know it. I know it in Jesus' name. That's what pleases God. I said, that's what pleases God. And listen, in the days ahead, more and more, we're going to have to know it. We're going to have to know in whom we've believed. We're going to have to know it. You say, why? We're in those days, folks. Perilous times are upon us. But the good news is, we're on the right side of this thing. I said, we're on the right side of this thing. One more time, lift your hands and worship God. One more time, give Him glory. One more time, magnify His name. We glorify You, Lord. We exalt You, Father. We glorify and magnify Your holy name. Worthy, 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 worthy are You, Lord. We exalt You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Thank You for Your Word, Father. Thank You for Your Word of protection. As we leave tonight, we glorify You, Lord, for You're the one that protects us. Wherever we go, in our travels, however we may travel, 
wherever we go in our work, however we may Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services. Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.